Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins, the program where we anticipate an experience with the Lord on each and every episode. Thank you so much for listening today, and my prayer is that you will be strengthened, encouraged, and challenged in your daily walk with the Lord as you listen. The primary purpose for this program is to be a source of inspirational truth that will not only awaken a deeper hunger within you for more of God, but also a source of encouragement when it comes to maintaining a deep passion for the Lord. Leviticus 6.12 says, The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. This Old Testament verse spoke into the sacrificial burnt offering practices of the temple, and it reflects the fact that we as the bride of Christ are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we have a responsibility to steward our walk with God and to maintain His flame that He has ignited in our hearts. I am your host, Keith Collins, and I invite you to join me now as we explore biblical truths that help us to maintain the flame of God upon the altar of our hearts. Hello, and welcome to Maintain the Flame. This week, I am Keith Collins, your host, and I am so blessed to know that you are listening today from wherever you're at, maybe in America, maybe in another nation. We get correspondence from different parts of the world, so we are just blessed to know that you are a part of this program today. Hey, it's January the 9th, 2024. Happy and blessed New Year. I trust that the first nine days of this year have been fruitful, that you have been going deeper in the Lord and that you are touching lives with the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're excited about this year. Several things that are really upon our hearts that, you know, we're just trying to pray for wisdom and direction and ask the Lord, you know, what things should we do first? But we're just really encouraged about what the Lord is doing already, as well as what I believe the Lord wants to do. So let me just start off by saying this. Um, If you want to be a part of our ministry, if you want to know more about us, if you want to join us and what we're doing, we are involved on so many fronts. We are doing our radio show. We're doing our podcast. We are writing another book this year, maybe two. We are traveling throughout America and around the world, preaching the gospel in evangelistic type settings, as well as in church settings, as well as teaching and training and equipping leaders in Bible college, ministry school type settings. We are mentoring leaders through our apostolic network called Impact Global Fellowship, as well as bringing leaders together, leaders in the church world, leaders in the business world, um, really for the purpose of fulfilling the Great Commission around the world. And we're involved in other things. We are in faith for finances and help to finish um, construction on a ministry facility that we are building in the mountains of North Carolina, a piece of property that we've been blessed with. And we're going to utilize that for multiple things. But we feel like there needs to be a place where we can encourage, refresh, Um, even equip leaders from around the world. And we're also going to have a place of intercession for Israel, for the nations, for the church, for revival. And um, and we're also going to have our studio and our offices for our ministry in that facility as well. So, hey, there's there's more I can talk about. There's a lot of things going on. But if you want to be a part of who we are or you want to know what we're doing, let me invite you to visit two websites 
Number one, you could just go to our personal website, which is keithcollins.net. That's keithcollins.net. You can also visit our network website, our, our apostolic family of leaders, and you can go to impactgf.org. That's impactgf.org. Both of these sites have information about who we are, our itineraries on there, where we're preaching at, where we're traveling to. We are also in the really the, the middle stages of trying to get some content available for you and we have some things that are completed so there'll be some new things that we'll be uploading to both of those websites where we want to provide resources regarding different themes different subjects whether it be books of the bible leadership subjects um you know worldview subjects just providing materials and tools that will help equip you to to really do the works of Jesus in this generation. So again, keithcollins.net, impactgf.org. Please visit us. Also, on both of those sites, you are able to send us a message. If you have a prayer request, if you have a theological question, if you would like to just make any type of communication or contact with us, then please Take the time to do that, and we will get to you as soon as possible. Well, again, welcome to Maintain the Flame this week. Um, This is really my first um, recorded episode this week. Um, Last week, I actually used um, a prior recording for the um, program, mainly because, honestly, we were getting over some family sickness and doing a lot better this week and just kind of glad to be back in the chair here in my office, in my studio, and sharing what the Lord has put on my heart for this week, as well as really for what God is wanting to do throughout 2024. This is an interesting year, as you know, in America. Maybe you're listening in America, maybe another part of the world, but our nation is really in already in the midst of a huge political year. We elect a new president this year, as well as multiple congressmen and senators, and even local and you know state elections. So it's a um, it's a major year for America, and I believe that the church must be prayerful and prepared. But whatever's going to take place, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I know exactly what's going to take place. I do believe that um, there will be grave challenges, especially as we get closer to Election Day in November. And um, it's going to be a, a very interesting year, to say the least. However, as the people of God, we should not be caught off guard. And again, wherever you're listening from, um, whether you're in America or you're in another nation, um, we should be prayerful as well as productive as the people of God in whatever setting that we live in. We are called to be the salt and light of the world. Jesus said, now you are the light of the world. So we have a responsibility and we have really a a grave responsibility to be the hands and the feet and even the voice of the Lord in the generation that we live in. So just be encouraged that um, that we are God's people. We are sons and daughters of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. 
Our role is foundational. It is pivotal. The Lord calls the church to be involved in all sectors of society when it comes to influence, when it comes to governance, when it comes to decision-making, when it comes to culture, when it comes to family. And even though, unfortunately, Um, There's been weakness among the church, especially in the West in these areas for some time now. It's it's not too late to turn the ship. And even if we just reach one or maybe a hundred or a thousand or who knows how many we can reach, but we have to be active and we have to be faithful to the call of God upon our lives as the body of Christ. So again, um, prayer is foundational. Purity of life and heart is pivotal. Being a part of the body of Christ is necessary, and um, friend, let's let's throw caution to the wind and let's go for it. I mean, there's nothing holding us back. I, I said in a message not too long ago: the worst thing that can happen to us is we can be killed for standing up for righteousness, and that might not be something that happens in America oftentimes. Maybe it will eventually, but I know in other parts of the world, I have friends that their lives have been and continue to be in danger because they stand for Jesus and they preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. But the body says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So we're not supposed to have a masochistic mindset. At the same time, we realize that they, according to the apostle, who live godly in Christ Jesus, Paul said, shall suffer or will suffer persecution. I believe that we are in an hour of history where it might cost us more than what we've seen in the past to live for Jesus and to stand for truth. And when you stand for righteousness, when you stand for the message of the cross of Calvary, when you have an absoluteness in the sense that you believe and proclaim Acts 4.12, that neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, only the name of Jesus, that he's the only way to heaven, he's the only way to peace, he's the only way to salvation, he's the only way to truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, no one can come to the Father except they come through me. He's the Messiah, not just to the Jew, but also to the Gentile. And he's the Messiah of the world. He is the fulfillment of the promise from the Old Testament prophets. He is God incarnate. Um, We just celebrated Christmas, even though we don't know that Jesus was born on December 25th. Um, Many scholars believe it was in the spring, but whatever your belief is there, that's not the point. The point is that he was born that he was fully man at the same time he was fully God. The incarnation is truth. It's the only thing that could build a bridge of mercy for humanity to go back to the creator by way of relationship. And and now through the blood of Jesus, um, the blood of covenant is written upon the tables of men's hearts. And we can know him, not only know him, but we can be empowered by his spirit to do the works of Jesus and to fulfill the call of God in our generation. So again, um, I don't know what 2024 brings. I'll be honest with you. I'm not ominous about it. I'm not doomsday mindset about it. At the same time, I'm realistic in the sense that I know that there's going to be great warfare, spiritual warfare, um, carnal warfare, um, political craziness, 
uh, mudslinging. I mean, it's going to be dirty and nasty. But my friend, let's live above the fray. Let's be a people of righteousness, a people of love, a people of prayer, a people of principle, a people of values, a people that are more Christian than we are Western or even American or wherever you're from, Asian, African, whatever your nationality is. Um, Our citizenship is in heaven. Yes, we are to love our nations. Um, we're to love our country and we're to honor on a certain level those the histories and all that kind of stuff, even though you know there's checkered histories in every nation. But the bottom line is we are called to fulfill the Great Commission. And we are in the world, but the Bible says we are not of the world. So may we be who God has called us to be in the generation that we live in. And with that said, I want to open up a subject, and I'll probably come back next week and possibly the next week. Um, But I want to talk to you about our first priorities, our first priorities. Again, we are in the beginning of a year, um, 2024. It's the ninth day of the month as I'm recording this in my studio here in Charlotte, North Carolina. And, you know, really every year at the beginning of the year, I kind of reflect upon my own life. I'm not just someone bringing a message to preach at a church or by way of uh, a show like this or a program like this. But first and foremost, I'm asking the Lord, God, show me in my own life where I need to either change, where I need to alter things where I need to prioritize things or maybe unprioritize things or, you know, where I'm slacking. Again, it's not a, a, a dynamic of condemnation or nothing like that, but it's, it's being honest. It's, it's asking the Lord, even as the psalmist did, Lord, search me, know my ways, know my heart, know every thought, know everything about me. God, turn on the searchlight of the Holy Spirit, and may it shine upon every area of my life that I might be transparent. And if that leads to repentance, praise God. If it leads to conviction, praise God. If it leads to joy, and I believe they all work together in the life of the true believer, um, that then praise God for that. But, but let's let's be honest. This 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 part of the year as we begin again 2024 let's really not be a people that start something and never finish it you know a lot of people are starting diets they're starting exercise programs and all those things are are, they can be great um but you know i think it's like less than 10 percent of people that initiate that type of activity actually complete it by the end of the year whenever they initiate these things even when it comes to you know those that and i try to do this every year i read the bible through every year sometimes more than that especially certain books of the bible that i'll read constantly but but, you know i try to read the entirety of scripture um the old and the new testament every year but you know many people can start there's a lot of things you can find on apps or on your phone or you can look online or you can even buy you know daily reading things and i think all that has its place and it's good but but listen it it's not enough to start something it's not enough to um initiate a good plan and have a good week or a good month or even a good quarter and then kind of fall up by the wayside but but i believe it's important for us to prioritize the things that are first place. In other words, there are many things that are good, but they might not be God. So I want to talk about the God things today, probably next week and maybe even the following week as I begin this Maintain the Flame program freshly this year with some of these important thoughts that that I want to bring up. So again, we're talking about 
our first priorities. What do we prioritize first? What really matters in light of eternity? What really matters in light of a day or a week or a month or a year or a 10-year period? What are the things that are going to last? What are the things that, um, that I'll be able to look back and say, listen, I was committed to that because ABC. And because of that, maybe lives were changed. Maybe a city was brought to Jesus. Maybe a family member repented unto the Lord. Maybe I grew deeper in my walk with God. Maybe the gifts of the Spirit were activated in my life. Whatever the the outcome is, I think it's important for us to be able to say and to see in our lives that, hey, we were faithful. You know, the Apostle Paul talks about living worthy of the call of God. That's a that's a weighty thought. That's a heavy, heavy thought. And listen, I understand that what we do is by grace and, um, you know, salvation is a gift. We can't earn it. Um, you know, it, it's not something that, you know, Paul said not to even boast about. It's, it's, there's, there's nothing, according to Ephesians, that, that we could do to earn salvation. It was something that came as a gift by way of the willingness of Jesus Christ to lay his life down. However, at the same time, we are instructed by Scripture to live worthy of the call of God. We are instructed to add things to our life, faith, virtue. I mean, there's there, there are elements that we have to participate in in an active way. Salvation is not just a static experience where God does everything and we do nothing. God is the culprit and even gives us the grace and the ability to have a desire to seek his face, to read his word, to um, share our testimony or to evangelize or to prepare to do the work of ministry, whatever it is. um, It's all by the grace of God. It's all by the breath and the strength of God. At the same time, we have a free will and we have to choose to do certain things. I've told students as I've taught in ministry schools for over two decades that, listen, I understand that that prayer is not some legalistic religious work that we do. At the same time, we have to be disciplined to pray. In other words, if you don't establish a prayer time, you're never going to have a prayer time. If you don't discipline yourself in prayer, You'll never know what it's like to pray in the Spirit. You'll never know a Romans 8 experience where Paul talks about being in a place where um, the Holy Spirit begins to pray through you through groanings that can't even be uttered or there's no even human language attached to it. Sometimes it's just groanings or maybe tears or um, God's heart and God's burden birthing through you or coming through you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit knows the mind and the heart of the Father. And whenever we're yielded in such a way that the Lord can use us in that dynamic place of prayer and intercession, then the Holy Spirit literally comes through our being and performs the will of the Father in our lives and touches maybe even a generation. You see, these things are powerful, and there's a lot of lofty um, theology when it comes to prayer and intercession and warfare and the, the weapons of our warfare not being carnal but mighty to the pulling out of strongholds, on and on and on. However, if we're never disciplined to have a prayer life, if we don't start off somewhere and we just know how to talk about prayer and write about prayer and um 
maybe read books about prayer by Ian Bounds or some of these great, you know, men of prayer like Abel Clary and Father Nash or Daniel Nash who prayed for Charles Finney's ministry or, or different men. I know a lady by the, I met a lady by the name of Suzette Hattie and another lady by the name of Margaret Viss that were intercessors for Ryan Herbonke's ministry in Africa. Some, even back in the early days when he was just preaching to smaller crowds, but, but they gave themselves to intercession and to prayer hours of prayer, hours and hours of intercession. However, it didn't start in that level. It started somewhere. So I'm talking about first priorities, as you can hear. And um, just want to encourage you, but I also want to challenge you in 2024. And I'm talking to Keith Collins too. For let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. Let it not be a year that we are searching for the blessings of God for our own lives, for our own ministries, for our own churches, for our own families, for our own businesses, for our jobs, our school. But let it be a year that we are living in such a way that we become yielded vessels in the house of the Lord for the glory of the Lord. I don't just mean the local church, even though that's important, but I'm talking about we are available to do the works of Jesus at the Father's will. We are at his becking call. We are in a place where we don't have to get our prayer life in order to be used of God. Like Leonard Ravenhill once said, when you get to heaven, you're not going to have time to make up your prayer life. Now is the time. Today is the day. Um, time is short. Listen, I'm, I'll be 56 this year. That's not old, but it's not 36 or 26 or 16. And, and I've lived over half my life, obviously. But listen to me. I don't want to just talk about what I could have done and what I should have done. I want to be faithful and I want to be found faithful. When I stand at the judgment seat of Christ and I give an account for every word and every deed, I want to be able to say, Jesus, I was faithful. I was faithful to do what you called me to do. So again, I'm I'm preaching to Keith as much as I'm preaching to anybody. But listen, may the Lord stir our hearts. Let me let me read some scripture here to you this um this day and just give a few opening thoughts and then I'm going to come back and do part 2 of first priorities next week. Well, Matthew 6:33, very familiar narrative or passage of scripture. Um, It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now, listen, I'm talking about our first priorities, and here's, here's what the scripture says in Matthew. Seek first, what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. It doesn't say to seek the blessings, to seek the gifts of the Spirit, to seek a bigger ministry, to seek financial blessing or any. No, it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In other words, friend, may we be a people who seek Jesus first and foremost, that the, that the very native air of the kingdom of God becomes the breath that we, that we exude, that we breathe in, that we learn to breathe in his kingdom, that we learn to breathe out his kingdom, that it is his dynamic of holiness and righteousness and purity and power that 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 causes our passions to 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 swell and to grow that that nothing but more of Jesus will ever satisfy us again this is who we are to be as a people of God listen to what Luke 12:34 says it says for where your treasure is there will your heart be also now let me ask you a question where's your treasure today friend listen this is a great test this is a um 
This, this really reveals where we're at. Where is your treasure at? Where is your passion at? Is it in making more money in 2024? Is it in building a new house in 2024? Is it in becoming more famous in 2024 or maybe buying a new sports car? Listen, friend, where, where's your treasure at? What thing do you really value? What things do you really value? Because God says that's where your heart is. Listen, I think the greatest treasure is the pearl of great price. The greatest treasure is the the bread that comes down out of heaven. The Lord Jesus himself is the great treasure, friend. When you have him, you have fulfillment. You have everything that you'll ever need. And when you really experience him, nothing in this world can even satisfy you anyhow. The only thing that satisfies you is more and more and more and more and more of him. Now, people say, man, I hear you say that. That sounds so spiritual. That sounds so powerful, but I'm just not there. Well, let me tell you something, friend. Seek first the kingdom of God. The word says, the Lord says, if you seek me, you will find me. You see, there are many people that have prayed a prayer maybe of repentance and maybe felt conviction. And I'm not saying they weren't saved, but but I'm telling you something. Oftentimes, people never go on in the Lord. Can I tell you something? Salvation is more than a formula. It's more than shaking a preacher's hand and repeating a sinner's prayer. Salvation is an ongoing experience with Jesus. The, the, the doctrine of soteriology or salvation is more than just that one-time initiation into repentance into the kingdom of God. Salvation is a daily walk with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And here's what I found. There is no end to his love, his power, his glory, his presence, his anointing, his forgiveness, his holiness. Friend, there's there there's nothing like him. And many people know about him, but they don't really know him. Listen, I want to challenge you. And listen, if you need to get right with God, if you need to humble yourself, even if you're listening to this and you need to turn this off right now and get on your face and cry out to God for salvation, he will hear you if you're a sincere, friend. If you'll confess your sin to him and repent of your sin, turn away from that lifestyle and turn to him. He'll hear you. He will empower you to become a son or a daughter of God. Seek his face. But friend, If that's been your experience and you had that experience, but you've never gone on in the Lord and you don't know what it's like to hunger and thirst for him, then I'm telling you, you can reach out to him and he will respond. But you've got to prioritize Jesus. You got to prioritize his face. You got to prioritize his love. He he has to become more real to you than than the room you're in right now, than the car you're in listening to this. Maybe you're maybe you're at a gym right now and you're listening to this on a headset or or, or whatever. However you're listening to this, friend, listen to me. He is the great priority. Again, he is the pearl of great price. He's the treasure that we sell everything for and we buy the field because the treasure's in the field, friend. He's worth everything. He's worth living for. He's worth dying for. He's more valuable than our finances. He's more precious than our families. He's everything. He even said that, listen, if you don't hate your mother and father, if you don't hate your own family, then you can't be my disciple. Of course, he doesn't want you to actually hate them, but what he's saying is, my 
my relationship with you and your love for me should be so much greater than any other earthly relationship that it would compare to hatred. Friend, that's what it means to prioritize Jesus. Now listen, I'm, I'm running out of time here, but I'm going to come back next week. And, um, and I'm going to give you much more information, some really good practical advice, some more scripture that will encourage you. But listen, um, go hard after God. Let it start at the beginning of the year. And friend, don't just start and stop. Be focused, be diligent, be faithful, be passionate. Run hard after Jesus. And friend, you will find him. This is your first priority. Thank you for listening to maintain the flame today. Again, I'm Keith Collins. Visit us, keithcollins.net or impactgf.org. Again, we'd love to hear from you. Friend, be encouraged in your walk with God and may your heart continue to burn hotter and hotter and hotter for Jesus Christ, his love, his power, and his purposes in your life. Thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins today. I trust that you've been blessed and encouraged as you've listened. And if you hunger for a greater passion for the Lord that will not dim or subside, then let me encourage you to listen weekly to episodes that will encourage you in your walk with God. To learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at keith-collins.org or impactgf.org. May the fire of God burn brighter and hotter in your life. God bless you.